with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Wednesday morning, Alan Wishart in the host chair, Steve on the production board. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. And we're just, I was just saying, I wonder when the news is going to come out of Ottawa that Prime Minister Trudeau has declared a national day of mourning for the for Team Canada, the World Juniors. <laughs> Not today. Okay. Um, got a good show lined up, and we're going to start with a fairly familiar voice, I think, to listeners of the show. Stephanie Dial is the Director of Communications and Philanthropy with the YMCA of Northern BC. Good morning, Stephanie, and Happy New Year. Good morning, and Happy New Year. Now, one thing I've been talking about the last couple of weeks with different groups, especially sports groups, and to some extent the YMCA falls into that category, what could change for you on Friday when the current public health order ends? Yeah, um, so, you know, despite what comes out, um, of course, unless there's new regulations, uh, we are actually ready to launch some group fitness classes again at the Prince George Family Y. So low-impact COVID-friendly classes, but we know that those have still been really missed, so we're excited to bring those back. And, um, you know, just like everyone, we wait and, and we get the information in the same time as everyone else and uh, respond accordingly. But I can say that, um, you know, in this uh, current, current rules and regulations that we have in place, or orders rather, that, um, you know, the Prince George Family Y is, is compliant and it's there and it's ready. And there's lots of cleaning and, and distancing and just everything that you would want. Uh, to feel good about going in and having your workout this time of year. So, of course, you know, you started with Happy New Year, and we know New Year's mean resolutions, and resolutions often mean fitness resolutions. And, um, you know, I think we just really learned that this is a long, long process, pandemic, and it's just so important that fitness and health and movement is a part of our everyday life and a part of our new normal. We can't really, you know, continue to wait if you're someone who's just decided to take that away. And, and we've seen that. Um, you know, start to happen that people are really coming back and um, confidently coming back and really excited to, to bring that back into their life and feel really great about being active and living healthy. Now, what was it like over the why over the holidays? Like, were you guys closed between Christmas and New Year's just to give everybody a bit of a break? Uh, so the facility, the Prince George Family Y, uh, was not. It was open. Uh, some of our other programs and services were closed a little bit over the break, but for the most part, we're uh, we're pretty open <laughs> uh, straight straight through the year to provide the community all of the supports and services that it needs. So now, um, I guess one of the other things you guys are kind of hoping, the same as most of the other groups I've been talking to is the basic understanding was the current public health order was only for a month because it was intended to go over the Christmas period. Are you kind of hoping that the next public health order, if there's any changes made on January the 8th, on Friday, that this one will stick around for a little bit longer so, you, so you're not constantly having to change things? <laughs> you know, I, I think everybody's in the same boat. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely, you know, there's, there's a selfish piece of us that mm -hmm. um, uh, when things are changing quickly, it, it's a lot of work and um, a, a lot of late nights and some things like that. But, uh, you know, we just really believe that uh, we trust public health, you know, and we, and we trust leadership of Bonnie Henry and whatever, you know, 
we believe that she's making the right decision. Mm-hmm. So even though sometimes those are uh, sh- short-lived decisions, maybe, um, and leave us uh, with lots to do to get ready uh, to, you know, make sure that we're in compliance with those orders and best serve our, our members in our community, uh, that, that's okay. We're, we're here to serve the community, and we trust that uh, she's guided us through you know, thus far well, and uh, there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel now with the vaccines on yeah. way, and uh, I think like everyone, we're just really hopeful for what's coming with that. Now, you were saying you are ready to launch some fitness classes over at the YMCA in the near future. Are there any other new programs starting with the new year? There are. So the Picture of Family Y is, uh, I don't like to use the word busy, you know, in the context of the pandemic, but uh, it, it's busy. It's January. Um, and so right now there's a great promotion happening. So if you are someone listening and, you know, you kind of just sitting on the fence about returning to health and fitness, uh, if you sign up during the month of January, you pay no joiner fees. You get a $50 savings. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have a program starting uh, about mid-month. So I think uh, next week or the week after, you can follow our social media channels and you, and you won't miss the start date. Um, but it's... 2021. Uh, so it's a play on the year, but what it's going to be is a 20 minute workout for 21 days. And that's something that um, will be online so anyone can participate. So even if, if you are listening, you're like, oh, she just said it's busy in January and I'm not sure, you know, if I want to leave my house yet. Uh, it's uh, a registered program so you can sign up for that and then you'll get the workouts right in your own home and um, you know I'm going to participate I uh, 20 minutes like okay 70 you can do 20 minutes for 21 days straight um, and it'll be a variety of exercises so I'm really looking forward to that now is that something that's going to be led by one of the instructors at the Y or are there going to be a number of instructors taking turns on that one do you know Sure. I know that uh, our marketing team has been incredibly busy getting all of uh, those videos um, ready to go and filmed and edited and all of those things. And same with the fitness team. Um, and I know that you'll definitely see like local faces in those videos. But I actually, uh, I will be just as surprised as everyone else as to uh, how many individuals are leading those workouts. And I guess the nice thing is because, as you were saying, they're they're being videoed for sort of rebroadcast, if you will. Um, the instructor could actually be in a class at the Y at the same time as the video is playing for people at home. It could. It, you can just pretend you're actually there. And, um, you know, and if group fitness isn't your choice per se, Mm -hmm. one of my other favorite things about when you sign up for a Y membership, so a lot of folks don't know, I guess, um, you know, Y memberships, there's no contract. So if you're not locked in for life, I always think of like Mm -hmm. the Friends episode, you know, Ross and Chandler, and they're trying to to quit the gym. You don't have that experience. You can cancel at any Mm -hmm. time. And when you sign up, so you not only uh, receive, you know, child minding and like unlimited access to the weight floor amenities, the cardio equipment and unlimited access to group fitness, but you also receive uh, a free fitness orientation. So what this is, is it's literally like a personal training session. So when you come in, you get an hour with one of our fitness experts one-on-one they go through, uh, you know, your goals. Uh, they go through the facility with you, and then they make you personalize uh, custom workouts. And then there are Y Thrive workouts. So if you come in and you're like, you know, I, I just want to improve my cardio health, mm-hmm. or I want 
to tone my muscles or I want to lose a little bit of weight or whatever your goals are, they match you with workouts so that you can come in and do those uh, all on your own and meet your goals. Wow. So that's quite handy then. And the nice thing is, again, as you were saying, you come in on your own after that. Like they sort of give you the program, but then it's not like you have to be here at 9.30 every Monday morning to do it. And then you get another session with one of our instructors, and they give you um, your review where you're at and uh, refresh your program for you. And again, you can take you know, your time and full spend to meet your goals. You don't have to do all of Okay, Stephanie, you're really breaking. You're really breaking up right now with your phone. Are you uh, are you moving around or? Uh, no, is that any better though? That seems better now, but just for for a few seconds there, you were really breaking up. Like we almost lost you. I think. Oh dear. Okay. Well, hopefully that's better. Yeah, we should be good now. Um, so, one thing you just sort of casually mentioned was child minding and of course the why the one thing that never stopped at the why all through this pandemic as I understand it was the child care facilities mm -hmm. yes uh, our child care staff uh, have been uh, incredible uh, essential service providers straight through the pandemic so that um, our health care professionals you know had somewhere for their children to go so that they could continue showing up on the front line and, um, you know, we do have some spaces available. January also is a preschool start time. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe you didn't want to send your children to preschool in September, but, you know, new sessions start in January. So it's a great time to make sure that your children are ready for kindergarten come September. And we're also, uh, we're really recruiting. We're hiring in child care. Oh, okay. So if you are someone who, you know, has early childhood education background, or even if you're someone who's really passionate about working with children and you don't have that formal education, the Y has some really amazing um, programs and supports to help help you get your education. So I really encourage you um, that if you're like, hey, that's me, and I just haven't had the opportunity to pursue that as a career, uh, check out our website, contact us. We want to talk to you. Uh, we're always looking for passionate people to join our team and to help you reach your potential and your goals. Now, we've been talking, as we usually do, we talk basically specifically at this point about the YMCA of Northern BC in Prince George. What's mm -hmm. happening at the other YMCA facilities around northern BC? Because that's part of the name. It is. Uh, you know, they are equally as busy. So from our community health perspective, of course, there's lots going on in Prince George that I haven't talked about mm -hmm. today. Um, but why mind is something particular that's um, launching new sessions. So it is our... Um, program for, there's a program for teens and then there's a program for young adults with mild to moderate anxiety. And so there's new sessions starting in Prince George and then there's new sessions starting uh, in Vanderhoof and other communities as well. And it's 100% a free program. Okay. Now is that an online program? It is. Okay. Uh, so because of COVID, it's 100% virtual right now, which has um, allowed us to reach a lot more communities. So it's really amazing. It's in uh, very small groups of about eight people, and you know everyone in the group is in the same boat. Mm -hmm. um, 
struggling with anxiety in some capacity, and it's about um, giving like hands-on coping tools. So when you come out of uh, the few weeks from the program, you'll really have like mindfulness techniques that you can take with you in every aspect of your life, whether that's work or school or or just life stresses, and use that um, to help you know help live with your anxiety. So now, are those sessions at specific times? So that you do have to sort of work around that a little bit if you want to get involved? They are scheduled times. If that's something that you're interested in, um, you can find all of the information on our website at nbc.ymca.ca to, um, you know, learn more about the info sessions, uh, talk directly with the program coordinator, those pieces. Now, I am looking outside, (laughs) and it's fairly sunny right now. We're supposed to get mixed sun and cloud today, but... Temperature is supposed to be fairly nice. So at what point are the um, child care instructors going to take the kids outside again now? Our kids are outside uh, every day still. So that's a really important part of our Y programming, as we believe in no screen time and daily outdoor activity. Uh, so, you know, of course, there's some stipulations when we hit, like, that minus 40 weather. Oh, come on. Um, uh, All of our centers have, you know, beautiful playgrounds, so the children are outside uh, enjoying the snow and are really mild weather every day. Wow. And I'm kind of guessing then the people who might complain about it a little bit would be the instructors rather than the kids? (laughs) Maybe. I I don't know. I think that uh, I'd be pretty happy to have some outside time every day, and I think they enjoy it as well. So, are there any openings in the child care programs at this point? There are definitely spaces available. So, if you're in need of child care, I encourage you to contact our team. Um, they'll let you know, you know, exactly what spaces we have and exactly which centers, uh, but definitely spaces available. Okay. And again, those are classes, like, are those full day? Are those half day? How do those work, just so people know? Yeah, so childcare is full-day programming. Uh, preschool is a part-day. So I think if, you know, you're interested and you're just not really sure kind of what we offer um, that can meet your needs, I would encourage you just to call and talk to our childcare administration team, and they'd be able to, you know, tell you exactly which hours for which center, what ages, what spaces are available. Um, and I'm confident that they can definitely find something to help you meet your family's needs. So it sounds like there's an awful lot happening at the YMCA of Northern B.C., Always. So now, again, for people who want more information, um, maybe give us the website and the phone number. Yes, absolutely. So the best place to go is our website, which is NBC, as in northernbc.ymca.ca. And the phone number for the Prince George Family Y front desk, if you're interested in membership options, is 250-562-9341. Great. Stephanie Diol from the YMCA of Northern BC. Thank you very much for talking to us, and we'll talk to you in about a month. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Take a quick break and be back with more after 9. Hi, this is The Wolfman. CFISFM's weekly shows dedicated to local musicians are changing on the schedule. Homegrown will now be at 8 p.m. on Saturday, and Homegrown Light will stay at 1 p.m. on Wednesday. Both shows feature music and interviews from local artists performing and recording in our area. Homegrown features a mix of heavier sounds, and Homegrown Light focuses on the softer sounds on the Prince George music scene. Check them out. Homegrown, Saturday night at 8, and Homegrown Light, Wednesday afternoon at 1. Only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
Learn to love your smile again at Der Denture Center. Der Denture Center offers a full range of denture services from partial dentures to complete dentures. Same-day repairs are also available. Der Denture Center is located on the third floor of the Victoria Medical Building with easy elevator access. Come in for a free complimentary consultation. No referral required. For help with your existing set or if you need new, Der Denture Center in the Victoria Medical Building. Call 250-562-6638. COVID-19 has not only affected public health, but also manufacturing. The end result is a shortage of snowblowers in Canada. A&D Power Equipment still has snowblowers in stock, but they won't last long. Stop by A&D Power Equipment today and pick up your new snowblower before they're gone. The perfect Christmas gift for the whole family. Open Monday through Saturday for the best in sales and service. A&D Power Equipment, just off 22nd Avenue at 2218 South Nicholson. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today, wind from the south at 20 gusting to 40 and a high of 3. Clear tonight with more gusting south winds, a low of minus 10 with a wind chill to minus 16. For Thursday, sunny, wind up to 15K and a high of minus 2. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now we moved down to Hubspace a few weeks ago. And one of the advantages of being here, of course, is you get to look around the neighborhood a little bit. You're seeing things that you didn't see before. I have to look out our, the front door here, right across the street. I think it's the old courthouse. I think it was an old post office. Okay. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. There was, there was a sign over mm-hmm. the door, a big sign that said Intersect. And I was going, okay, I think I've heard of that group, but I don't think we've ever had them on. Well, we're changing that today. Shannon Croy is the Executive Director of Intersect. Good morning, Shannon. Hi, thanks for having me. Not a problem. Now, (laughs) what is Intersect? We are a um, children and youth um, counseling agency in our community. And actually, we also provide, we have a school program in our building. Um, We have New Directions, which is actually um, a program for youth that are involved in the justice system. So Mm. youth that are on probation, we provide support for them as well. Wow. Yeah. So now... How long has Intersect been in Prince George? Do you know offhand? Yes, this is what's interesting. Although you haven't heard of us, we're mm-hmm. one of those places that most people don't know about us till they need us. Yeah. So Intersect has actually been around since 1984. Oh. We are one of the longest oh. nonprofits here. Um, we actually provide the equivalent child and youth mental health service that's usually provided directly by the government through Mm -hmm. the Ministry for Children and Families. So we're the largest contracted agency in the entire province to provide that service. Wow. Yeah. So is Intersect then, are you strictly a Prince George operation? We're strictly Prince George, yeah. Because you said the largest in the province, I was thinking... Okay, does that mean that you guys have offices throughout the province and you're counting them all? No, this is... No. I mean, the wow. most the most number of people contracted to provide child and youth uh, mental health services, the largest organization mm-hmm. they contract to provide that in wow. BC. Yeah. So now, what you were talking about children and youth counseling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So what ages are covered? Like, what's considered children? What's considered youth? Anywhere from ages 0 to 19, we support. However, if a youth is, we're already providing them service at 18, then of course we'll keep them yeah. until they're done, um, have completed their mental health goals or, or feeling comfortable to transition them to a different service in the community. But that's kind of our, our start ages, yeah. Okay. Now, 0 to 19, I'm assuming the 0 is not counseling. 
No, well, the zero actually is actually more about parental support. And yes. sometimes this assessment of what's happening with the parent-child relationship and mm-hmm. giving parents some goals and, and tips and tricks on how to support their children. We also do know children under the age of five that are, are children that are nonverbal can experience traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And so it is about supporting those parents and how to guide their child through that so that it ends at that point and doesn't snowball into worse things for that child when they're older. Now, how do people come to Intersect? Like, do you get mm-hmm. a lot of references from other groups? You were saying New Beginnings, I think you said. New Directions? New, Be- New Directions, that's one of our services. That's, yes. That's from the... So New uh, Directions has to have system. a referral directly from a probation officer. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, our school program is for youth who are already actively re- have a counselor and have mental health goals with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, anyone else can just call. And so we're no fee for service at all. Mm -hmm. There's no cost to anybody. Um, You can call, make an appointment to come in for an intake, or sometimes even if people are just wondering what they need, you can just call and it might not be us. We might say, hey, this is a perfect fit for you in the community. Go try this first. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't help you out, then come back in to see us, right? And does that work both ways? Like do you sometimes get people who said, I went to this other agency and they said Intersect might be a better fit for what I'm looking for? Yes, definitely. So if there's any service providers in the community listening right now too you can do both you can either just tell people to call us ourselves or if you go on to our website we do have under the referral section our actual referral form um, where people can fill it out and send it in and then we'll contact the family they just have to sign that they've mm. agreed that we're they're okay with us contacting it and that referral form is actually a dual referral um, our partner agency in the community that provides the same services as us is uh, the Prince George Native Friendship Center they also have a children's and youth wellness center and so that referral form can work as a referral to them or to us and so we work in close partnership with them so we created that just to make it easier for people in the community to make referrals to either of our agencies now do you sometimes get other groups where a family say has gone to them for counseling and the person they're working with at that agency says okay i think we should actually maybe split things up a little bit here i'll continue handling Mm -hmm. the parents but the teenage child, I think maybe you might be better off going to a different yeah. group like Intersect. Of course. Just to get some yes. focus. Yes, we always work collaboratively mm. with the different groups in, in the community. We're really lucky in Prince George. Mm. I'm from Quinell, and there wasn't a lot of options there. And so Prince George, we have various different options to support youth and lots of different little pockets of service. Um, and so, yes, we definitely work with people to say, you know, how about we'll take on this part, you do that part, and let's get back together and talk about how that's going mm-hmm. um, and then make our next set of goals. Yeah. How often does it happen where you do something like that and when you get back together with the other agency, you're kind of going, okay, for whatever reason, this just isn't working. Maybe the example that I used before, splitting yeah. the family up, and you're going, okay, this just doesn't seem to be working for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think we might be better seeing if they can get back together and go as a unit. Okay, so we never split people up. We'd always no, keep okay. the other person connected, right? Yeah. It might just be about uh, different goals. Mm-hmm. And so um, that happens all the time. People aren't linear, right? No. And so counseling isn't. We know kids definitely aren't. <laughs> <laughs> things things no. can change in a family unit from week to week. So it's always about finding out what's happening now and is this the best route that we're taking and how do we adjust that, right? Yeah. So the thing is, I think for a lot of people that understand 
uh, you know, to understand is we're not a forever. Our goal is never to be the one stop for a family for mm-hmm. support. Our, our goal is always to be giving them the tools that they need um, to, uh, you know, deal initially with whatever's happening, whether that's a crisis or a trauma, and then to give them the tools they need to continue to work on that outside of our agency. So we always, um, and that's part of what our, our intake is called. It's such a catchy word, but really it's about coming in and us finding out what do you need? And so it might not even be us. It might be something else, or it might be um, you know creating some really actual good goals to find out what is it that this family needs for us to work on so that we can be purposeful with the time that we spend together and not just come in next week, come on in next week, yeah. come on in next week. We, you know, we really want to support people in moving through whatever is happening for them. Yeah. Because you mentioned earlier, zero to 19 is sort of the age we deal with. You specifically said if somebody gets to 18 and they still need some support, we're yeah. not going to, totally. you, you don't kick them out the door. No. But I, I'm thinking from what you were saying, though, your idea is hopefully to be able to usher them out the door because yeah. they're be- because they've got a better grasp on things. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I mean, for some people, they're all going to always going to need some level of yes. support. So I'm sure you've noticed moving downtown here the huge homeless population and some of the real struggles with addiction. And I look at those as lost opportunities for them when they were children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, missed uh, supporting someone dealing through some trauma. Um, you know, and that's really where addiction comes from. So. So when I look at those people on the street, you know, such a marginalized group that's just struggling, I, I look at those as missed opportunities and wish we could have met them when they were kids. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I got this correctly, you basically only work on referrals to some extent. Like, can somebody just walk in off the street? They could. Okay. They could before a lot more. With So well, yes. here comes COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we used to have, uh, prior to COVID, we had the three different options. You could get a referral from a service provider. Right. You could just call yourself. Or we had walk-in on Tuesdays and Thursdays all day oh, that wow. you could just walk in if you wanted to get an intake. Yep. Okay. Um, with COVID right now, we're asking people to call and make an appointment. And we're mm-hmm. trying as much as we can to actually do the intakes either via Zoom or on on the phone um, and always starting that way, gathering whatever information we can, that therapist that's doing the intake might decide, hmm, I need to, to see this family and then they'll invite them to actually physically come in. Yeah. But our first option is always to try to prevent the number of people entering the building, right? Yeah. So prior, yes, you totally could. <laughs> Still, you could walk in, but we'd probably then schedule you an appointment to talk to you on the phone later. Yeah. But our doors are have never been locked through this oh. entire pandemic. Yeah. Okay. We got to take a quick break. When you come back, we're going to talk some more about Intersect and the services they provide after nine. The BC Schizophrenia Society now has their Kids in Control program available online. The groups are open to children ages 8 to 12 living anywhere in BC who have a family member with mental illness. The program teaches children about mental illness, identifying feelings, and how to take care of themselves. The topics are serious, but the groups are always a lot of fun. Registration information and more details are available at bbss.org. The BC Schizophrenia Society's Kids in Control, now available online through bbss.org. Parent Support Services is now running free online parent support circles and grandparents raising grandchildren support circles. These are to replace the in-person circles currently unavailable due to the pandemic. Full details are available at parentsupportbc.ca. To join, call toll-free 1-877-345-9777, extension 100. Free parent support circles and grandparents raising grandchildren support circles. Currently available Monday through Thursday online at parentsupportbc.ca. 
The Seniors Resource Center at 721 Victoria Street is now open Monday through Thursday. People can come to the center between 945 and 145 to access the services they need. Please do not come if you're experiencing any signs of illness such as fever or a cough or have had recent contact with someone who is isolating. Wearing a mask at the center is mandatory. The Seniors Resource Center, 721 Victoria Street, open Monday through Thursday from 945 to 145. Advanced registration for indoor walking at CN Center is now available. Indoor walking is being offered Monday through Friday from 830 to 4 in one and a half hour blocks. The concourse will be closed for a half an hour between each block for cleaning and sanitation. Advanced registration is required to keep numbers within provincially mandated limits. To register for indoor walking at CN Center, phone 311 or visit princegeorge.ca slash register. For more information on walking options, go to princegeorge.ca slash walking. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Back with Shannon Croy from Intersect. Now, we sort of talked, touched on it just before we went to the break. The pandemic, you were saying that mm-hmm. sort of meant you, you couldn't really do the drop-ins anymore. How, what other effects have you mm-hmm. seen from the pandemic? You know, it's just, it's just been some changes for how we deliver service, but mm-hmm. I'm going to give a huge kudos to, to my team right now and say there was no point during the pandemic where we ever talked about not providing service. Yeah. So it was hard in the beginning when the messaging was stay home, stay home, stay home. And we're an essential service. People don't think of us as one. We're one of those hidden essential services. Mm-hmm. But of course, mental health is hugely affected right now mm-hmm. during a global pandemic. I, I know I always say that where I'm like, no one prepared me for global pandemics <laughs> when I I went to school and here we are trying to put all these safety plans and figuring out how to keep your, your team safe, but also keep the people that we work with safe and knowing that not seeing them doesn't necessarily keep them safe if they're unwell. So we've had to be really creative with that. And, um, you know, we suddenly started offering counseling sessions via Zoom and telephone. We never did that before. No. Uh, that's been really actually great for some people have loved that. Yeah. They've flourished in that. Other people haven't. So those people who who aren't able to do that and are struggling, we do still have some of those people coming into the building. And so it's all about give or take. The ones who are able to do it at home, you know, make it possible for the ones who can't to be able to come in. And, you know, again, we have the traffic lines of where you can walk and, uh, you know, the sanitization and the masks, but we never did stop providing any of our services. In the beginning, it was a bit of a lull. Everyone was holding. And then all of a sudden, kind of in the summer, you know, when some things got lifted, I think we had 30 intakes in two weeks. We just got hammered all of a sudden. Everyone was coming out that hadn't been before. But things have settled in again. Our numbers are kind of looking the same as they always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it doesn't feel good telling families, though, that they can't come in. It's really You know, we're asking people to tell us really private stuff and and it's hard to build a relationship when they're not in front of you and not being able to you know share space with each other but um, the team's done remarkably well in adjusting to that and same with our clients they've done amazing too and you know we always just say it that 
you know, I'd much rather be calling to tell you this right now than have to let you know that we exposed you. Yeah. That would feel terrible yes. to have to tell someone we exposed them. So we haven't done that. No. Our groups we offer, we kind of were easing back in the beginning, waiting to see what was going on. And then when we realized this wasn't just going to be a short term thing, yeah. we started offering them again. So our groups have been running again. Um, our one group that we have that's an open one to the community that we started last year, um, it was Parenting Through Strong Emotions. And no one, ev- you didn't even need to be a client. Anyone could just come down for it. We, our first time we offered it, it was 60 caregivers show up. It was oh amazing. God. And then as we continued to, after we had about 20 to 30, every single set mm-hmm. of the series, it was a four part. And so we were really excited about that. So I think that's the thing that we're kind of the saddest about. Cause when we tried to relaunch that via zoom, it wasn't that successful. No. It didn't really work that way. So we've kind of decided to wait until maybe the end of February and reassess if we can offer that in person again. Yeah. Um, in the meantime though, I guess I'll just say for, families our our website has a wealth of information on it so our resources page there's a ton of info out there and it's not always good info people get googling right yes so we have on our resources page if you search our website intersect.bc.ca um on the resources page we have vetted some really good evidence-based researched um websites that families can look at and we also have on there a four-part video series on emotion-focused family therapy and encourage families to watch that that's what our parenting through strong emotions was based on emotion-focused family therapy is our model of care that we use to work with caregivers and so it's a chance that if you're wanting some tips or tricks on how to talk to your kids and encourage them how to talk to you those video series is a really great start to start with um, in the meantime until we can get that running again when we do get it running again it'll be on our website too (laughs) that it'll say on there the dates the pages um we're trying to get our facebook page going i give a hard enough time (laughs) keeping my own going uh so um we'll plan on actually blasting that out there too when it gets going again but that's our one thing that we haven't been able to maintain like we used to um but otherwise the rest of it yes we are an essential service in this community and we've continued to provide service and had our doors open the entire time so did your employees have that period, though, as well, where, okay, this is not going to be a, like a one month and it's over type thing, as you were mentioning. So at some point, they're going, okay, we're going to have to go online, possibly, with this yeah. stuff. And now all of a sudden, they're going, okay, you mean I've got to learn how to do Zoom and stuff like that? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was definitely like that. They, they were. Did any uh, of them need counseling? No, right. <laughs> we all do, actually, Alan. I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, no, they were. They were amazing. I'm going to say that there was no point of uh, we're not going to. It was how are we going to do this? Yeah. And so it was a learning curve for all of us. Um, like I said, for families too. The interesting part, which I was kind of mentioning to you at the break, is that you know some of the people we thought were going to really struggle are really flourishing with the <laughs> less expectations and the not having to go everywhere and. Um, more time with family and then there's other people who are really struggling with it and so um, the response to pandemic hasn't been uniform either that's different for every person every family um, every everyone and so I, th- I think being available just to respond to whatever that looks like for people right now is really important yeah so for your therapist they basically had to figure out fairly quickly when they started up again with their sessions with families they've been already working with yeah they all of a sudden had to make sure they had the paper in front of them so they could make notes okay Mm -hmm. do i have to change where we're going with this family because all of a sudden they look like they're 
mm-hmm. they look like they're doing a lot better or yeah. they're having some problems so we're going to have to address mm-hmm. those before we yeah. get back to where we were well even the most simple thing of being a contractor with the government we were waiting for you know um MCFD to let us know what mm. platform is even approved for us to use. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't a matter of just picking, oh, we're going to do this and send this out to families. We need to make sure it was safe and it was secure mm-hmm. um, and that we were, you know, even the things of safety planning. When someone's in front of you, if a child's not well, um, you're right there physically with them. Yeah. If they're in a room with you talking and all of a sudden they're expressing to you maybe um, and you're scared they might harm themselves, where's the parent that you can call to quickly get in there to support them so that yeah. you know just even planning around those sort of things that she didn't really think about in the beginning having a safety plan at the start of each meeting of who's <laughs> in the house with you who can hear right now yeah. um who can i call if something goes awry how do i get back to you if this call gets cut off doing all that <laughs> prep work before you even start your session and it's not like real rapport building talk so it's no. so they've been really great about figuring out how do we do this right now um and I, I think we forget kids are way more resilient than us. Yeah. You know, they adjust pretty, pretty fine. It's yeah. usually more our fear than theirs. Some of them can't, though. I mean, asking a little one to have the attention span to stare at a computer. I mean, I guess they can an iPad a lot. Well, it depends. If they were playing Angry Birds or something, yeah, exactly. no problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but listening to somebody talk to me, yeah. well, that's definitely. Yeah. yeah, it can be tough. So, but, uh, you know, we've, we've figured it out. I think we've, we've got a good system going right now. And, and I'm really proud of that that there was no interrupt there was changes in service there was no interruption though there was never a point where someone needed their therapist they couldn't call and talk to them yeah so if people want to get in touch with intersect website yeah. again and maybe the phone website. number and even the address because you were saying yeah. people can walk in they may be mm-hmm. asked to come back at a different yeah. time but yeah. they can at least come in we prefer they don't though yes. i'm just gonna say that yeah. though okay. so our phone number is 250-562-6639 uh, we're open from 9 till 5, and that's actually a change. We used to be 8.30 to 4.30. Uh-huh. We've just changed to 9 to 5 with hopes of having time for an extra after-school session for kids, mm-hmm. a little bit more time to see them after school. Um, we're on 1294 3rd Avenue, so if you're on 3rd um, by where the Farmer's Market and Hub Space is, yeah. and you see the bench with Bridget Moran on it, uh, statue, we're right behind there, that brick building there. Hey, so yeah. And again, what was the website? Uh, www.intersect.bc. Shannon Croy from Intersect. Can I make one more quick Quick, quick, yep. We, um... We have a lot more requests for service than we we are able to provide. Mm -hmm. And we're often overlooked when people in our community are thinking who they can make donations to. We're a nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. We will, anything over 20, you get a taxable receipt. Um, You can donate right on our website or sending something in and we'll send something out. But, um, you know, we really could use the community support in helping to get our wait list down because we do not like making families wait for us. But there's only so much of us to go around. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Alan. Thank you very much Take for care. coming in. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. Alban Classical has an activity the whole family can enjoy together. It's their multi-generational band. Tuesday evenings at 5.30, join in for an hour of musical fun led by some of our city's top classical musicians. Participation is free, but you must register. There's a limited number of instruments available for use on a first-come, first-served basis. To register, call Alban Classical at 250-563-4693. Multi-generational band presented by Alban Classical, 5.30 Tuesday evenings at First Baptist Church. 
Since 1986, the Canadian Grandparents' Rights Association has helped families in distress. Its purpose is to promote, support, and assist grandparents in maintaining or re-establishing family ties and family stability where the family has been disrupted. The Canadian Grandparents' Story, Family Matters by Daphne Jennings, outlines the history, activities, and successes of the CGRA and topics such as parental alienation and elder abuse. The Canadian Grandparents' Story, Family Matters by Daphne Jennings, available from Amazon. Tourism Prince George has a new look. From their website to social channels with a new color palette, check out their newly crowned destination, Base Camp to the North. The new site includes an interactive map, a robust directory for dining, and a dedicated page for staycations. Visit tourismpg.com to see for yourself and engage with Tourism Prince George by using the hashtags TakeOnPG and ExplorePrinceGeorge. With great links to local happenings and attractions, tourismpg.com, base camp to the north. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today, winds in the south at 20 gusting to 40 and a high of 3. Clear tonight with more gusting south winds, a low of minus 10 with a wind chill to minus 16. For Thursday, sunny, wind up to 15K and a high of minus 2. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we are back and... um. Trustee Cheryl Warrington, if you happen to be listening, could you give us a call, please, at 250-562-2347. Tried calling you on the number that you gave us and got a message that the number was out of service. But uh, So if you can call us at uh, 250-562-2347, that would be great. Uh, otherwise, uh, Steve, I guess there's a few things to talk about. I guess, okay, we can't put it off any longer. There was a hockey game last night. There was. Yes. And I didn't didn't watch it. Kept up on it by going to the TSN website every once in a while and just seeing what was happening in the game. And when the U.S. got that first goal, I was thinking right then, okay, this is going to be interesting now. But isn't it the same as any sport, major sport, where uh, some big thing comes up and then they say, well, this this is a... This is a crucial point. This is yeah. the first time. Go yeah. ahead. Tell us what happened. Yeah. Well, first time that the Canadians have been behind in the entire tournament. First time they've given up an even-strength goal in the tournament. And the first time, by the end of that period, it was the first time they hadn't scored in the first period all tournament as well. So they were used to getting that jump on teams, and it didn't happen. Now, the one stat that I, I don't know if I, I don't know if anybody mentioned this ahead of time or not, but the one thing I saw in a couple of different stories this morning was this is the fifth time that the U.S. and Canada have played in the gold medal game at the World Junior Hockey Championships. The U.S. is now 4-1. and one. So it's like they are becoming the barrier to Team Canada to some extent. Like, they, they, you know, Team Canada, maybe they should have been cheering for the other team in the semifinal. I mean, you, you love to play the States because, you know, that's, that's the rivalry. Mm-hmm. Canada and Russia, but that doesn't seem to be quite as much anymore. Can the U.S., the rivalry, especially more recently, because the States has become, you know, let's face it, the States has become a, a hockey powerhouse. Well, they're there. They're, yeah. they're just there. And they're playing hockey. Like, you look at where their players are coming from now, and they can, it used to be, okay, 80% of their team was from, like, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Well, now you're looking at, and you're seeing players there from California. You're seeing players from the Deep South, and they're not 
players who are you know going to Minnesota during the winter to play hockey. They're playing hockey basically all year round mm-hmm. at home, and they're they're almost becoming like Canadians when it comes to hockey. <laughs> Don't <laughs> but, say that. No. But, um, the other thing was, I think last night's game as well. It would have. It's one of those situations where it would have been interesting if there had been fans in the building at Rogers Center. Because are you making but, an excuse? Or? No, no. Because it's almost like I have seen occasions where the fans are backing one team from the word go. Well, there's no doubt. And then, it really, that, te- and then that team falls behind. It really helps. I well, mean, it, of course. Yeah. Two things can happen, I've noticed, with fans in that situation. They either pick up the cheering to try to get their team picked up, or they start to slow down a little bit because they're going, oh, these guys came to play. We could be in trouble. And I would have been interested to see what the fans would have been like last night. And even just talk to the players, especially the Canadian players, obviously. What was it like going out there, especially for the ones who had been there, say, last year? I can't remember if it was in Canada last year or not. I don't think it was. But players who have played in front of Canadian fans before at a World Junior Hockey Championship, especially in the final, how much do you feed off of that crowd? Well, and that wasn't do. there last night. I mean, you yeah, do. I know. But, I mean, through the whole tournament, they didn't need the feed, did they? No. No. And as we mentioned a few times... Um, even last Thursday on Post to Post, and I think it may have come up yesterday on After 9, Canada was indefinitely the weaker of the two pools going well, through. Well, that's going to be the major excuse right there. Well, yes and no. I mean, on the one hand, you're going, okay, we didn't have, they didn't have to overexert themselves to get into the playoffs. But on the other hand, they didn't face that level of competition that the teams in the other pool had to from the word go. Well, except when they were playing their week. I can't remember who the weak sister was on the other side. Austria mm. just got whipped every game. But apart from Austria, all the other teams on that side were good hockey teams. So they they had to play three. The U.S. had to play three tough games just to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Canada, even if they'd lost to the Finns in the final round robin game, they were in the playoffs. They'd already they had already clinched first and second place. Yeah. It's just a question of who's going to finish first and who's going to finish second. And then they go up against the Russians, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show. The Russians, the U.S. has been coming up, and it seems lately like the Russians have been dropping a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if it's just. I don't know if they've gone through like a generational change, maybe even just in coaching. They've got coaches who have been there for a while. I don't know for sure who's coaching the Russian team now. It's Igor Laryanov. Oh, okay. So they got a they got a yeah a good coach. Yeah, as far just, as experience. Goes. I'm just not too sure how long he's been there, because like Hockey Canada has shown this, even when coaches have been doing a good job with the team, they usually rotate maybe not rotate them out but they usually change the head coaches about every three, maybe four years. I think part of that's just to keep fresh ideas coming. Get people in there who can, who aren't sort of set in, 
Well, these are the players who were here last year, so they're going to be the first and second line and my top four defensemen. No. You bring in a new coach, those guys come back, they've got to prove themselves again. Well, one thing I saw with the Russians is uh, individual play. Yes. Too many ind- individual players, right? Yeah. And that was the funny thing was because um, you and I can both probably remember 1972. Uh-huh. The, the Canada-Russia series, the yes. first one. And one of the things that all the commentators were talking about all the way through the series, really, was just, holy cow, these guys have got the team concept down perfectly. Like they were, It was like they never seemed to take a shot until there had been like 10 or 12 passes. And all the passes were from stick to stick. I mean, that guy would make the pass to another spot on the ice, and the guy would be there. And looking back on it now, and I'm pretty sure I remember Walter Gretzky at one point saying that was one of the things he taught Wayne when he was growing up was to see the ice. Because you would see Wayne a lot of times make a pass. You'd be going, there's nobody. Oh, there's somebody coming. Wayne knew the guy was going to be there. Well, he was one of the best at seeing the ice. Yes. Oh, yeah. For him, and he said it himself, he said, it seemed like the game was being played at a slower pace for me. I could see everything, and people were moving in slow motion at times. Not all the time, but sometimes. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more after 9. Looking to become bilingual or promote bilingualism in Canada? Look no further. Apply for the Odyssey or Explore program for the chance to improve your French or help young people improve their English. You'll immerse yourself in another region's language and culture, make new friends, and have experiences that will stay with you forever. Many people say the Odyssey and Explore programs have changed their lives. To find out more or to apply, visit englishfrench.ca. Programs funded by the Government of Canada. CNC students are getting an extra week of rest between semesters as the general start to the winter term has been delayed to January 11th. The change will help students dealing with added stress due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The delay will not affect professional and trades programs with unique scheduling or community partnerships. Students will be notified if their program's January term begins on a date other than January 11th. For more information, visit cnc.bc.ca. The Prince George Artists Co-op is presenting a Brick and Stones workshop in the new year. Headed by Lorraine Elliott and Judy Lisk, students in the workshop will enjoy step-by-step instructions and demos online, guiding them towards creating their own pen and ink and watercolor masterpiece. The Brick and Stones workshop takes place over eight Saturdays from 10 to noon, starting January 16th. To register and for more information, call Lorraine at 250-964-9868. That's 250-964-9868. Submissions are now open for the 20th Anniversary Canadian Independent Music Awards. Presented by Jim Beam and streamed live on May 21st, the awards are a celebration of new music and the artists who inspire the independent spirit, both nationally and internationally. It's a chance to be recognized among industry peers, media, and fans. For complete submission details, eligibility criteria, and award categories, visit indies.ca. The 20th Anniversary Canadian Independent Music Awards. Submission deadline is Friday, February 5th. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And Alan Wishart, Steve Smith back to wrap things up for a Wednesday on After 9. And... Something I'm hoping to get some guests for in the next couple of weeks, or I better get them in the next couple of weeks, cold snaps coming up starting at the end of the month, so it doesn't give me all that much time to get people in. And I always like talking to musicians. 
especially when they're songwriters as well. Because, like, for some of them, it's, okay, so have you got any pandemic-inspired songs? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think they, I think they all do. Yeah. Whether, but, I mean, some are waiting to release. Some don't want to release. No, some of them may have written the pandemic-inspired song just as well, almost like a means of therapy. Mm-hmm. Get this out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play it for anybody else. Maybe the guys in the band, if they're in a band. But other than that, no. This is just. I want to get this out, and now it's done with. Absolutely. But, uh, well, Cold Snap. They are waiting, of course, for Friday, with uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry's announcement about what's going to happen now with the current public health order. But it's still a go, right? It is a go. It is January the 29th until February the 6th. It's just a question of how it's going to be a go. The one thing we already know, all of the concerts will be live streamed for free. All of the workshops, if you want to call them that, that different musicians do when they're here, will be live streamed for free. It's just a question of whether they will be allowed to have small audiences in some of the, ve- in the venues. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that they are sort of waiting on at this point which is kind of nice from their point of view because they've been able to line up their artists. They can line up the schedules to who's going to play on what night. They they probably already lined up where the venues are going to be, just making sure that there's and room for chairs. And they say they'd have two, two artists uh, a two night? Two artists each night, yeah. yeah. And I would be interested in seeing, I think I may have mentioned this to um, Echo, uh, the host on Mondays because mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about it a little bit I was saying it would be interesting to see if the word came down that you could not have audiences they've got the two artists a night would they think about doing each of them from a different venue mm. because then you wouldn't have to worry about your first artist finishes okay we've got to go out we've got to sterilize the mic stands and everything we've got to mm-hmm. make sure everything's clean before the second artist comes out no, first artist finishes, you give the people at home maybe 10, 15 minutes to grab a bite to eat or whatever, the second artist starts from the other venue. You're cleaning up the first venue at that point, but there's no real hurry because it's not going to be needed again until the following day. It works. I yeah. mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I should point out, though, I, after I mentioned that, and I got sort of the same response from a couple of people I've talked about that makes sense, then it occurred to me, um, Prince George Symphony Orchestra, under the current order, has had, I believe, a couple of their concerts. No, they didn't, actually. They canceled the, uh, the uh, Kinder... The, yes. The Kinder concert, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think they had any of their concerts because they were allowed... They were having 50 people in at the uh, Treasure Cove Presti- Prestige Ballroom uh, in, a, obviously, a very small setting, but a very... And obviously not full orchestra either. <laughs> But uh, so they had to adapt their program to that sort of thing. But it sounds like they did it, and it sounds like everything worked really well. It, it was a good response, and it did go very well. Yeah, and they've got a program lined <clears throat> up for the spring. I think is what they're calling it. Although I think it actually starts in like February, which around Prince George is not really considered spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, May in Prince George sometimes is not considered spring. But uh, so if I think what. What Cold Snap people would probably like, the organizers, would even be, they don't want everything opened up. No. They'd be happy just to go back to where we were 
before this public health order came down where you could have up to 50 people in a venue. The thing they may run into, though, is because, and again, this is something um, Teresa from the PGSO mentioned a couple of times when we were chatting with her. They do four shows a weekend now for the PGSO, and there's no intermission. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want people to moving in and out, moving around, and again, usually, uh, usually the intermission was where you went out to the lobby, and you stood there and chatted with your friends. Well, they don't want that. So and the orchestra is what down to fourteen or sixteen. At a, at each concert, right? yeah. each of the concerts has featured sort of a different segment, if you will. And they set up like in a horseshoe format. Yeah, the for- that that I found kind of neat. And then the tables all around. Yeah. So, so, so you get you to can, look at all the musicians. Yeah. And some people get to see the director. Yes. And his face instead of just his back. <laughs> but um, I'm sure Cold Snap would be more than happy to be told you can have 50 people in the venue. And, of course, everything's got to be spaced out and everything. Because they have probably they already know what their venues are, I'm, I'm sure. And so they already know, okay, here's where we can put the tables. Here's where people will come in. The only thing I'm wondering about then is um, if you do that, I'm wondering what do you do between the two acts each night? Mm. Do people just sort of... And even realistically, will it happen that you can have 50 people? Yeah, I don't know. See, that's a big question mark. This order was put in basically for the Christmas season, just Mm -hmm. for the timing of it. Like it came down, what, December the 7th or 8th or whatever, and it's supposed to end January the 8th. Well, coincidentally, that's like a week after New Year's, so you'll have the numbers to some extent from what people were doing on New Year's. And that's what they'll make the decision based on. If people were reasonably intelligent over the holidays, then well, we might go back to Well, it seems over the last we couple of days, our uh, province's numbers, numbers are down. Yeah. Slowly, slowly. I mean, this morning it was just over 400. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and Northern Health is not doing too badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things, again, I guess, Cold Snap and everybody else is in that same situation, waiting for Friday. To as long out. as everyone sticks to yes. their guns yep. and follows the guidelines. Yeah, and if, if uh, Bonnie Henry says, okay, we're going to go back to the way things were in November and early December... Don't think that that means that you can now rip your mask off and go anywhere you want, mm-hmm. anytime you want. No. no. We're still in that same situation we were in, but we're back to where we were before, and that's loosened up actually a fair bit when you think about it. So um, that will about do it, I think, for today's uh, show. I will be back tomorrow. I'll be so back with you. Yeah, after nine. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society. 
You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.